0: trash campers it's that one friend that's in the bible belt a little too deep you know it's good to see you too tom uh you know how you're doing well i see Oh, uh, I mean, I appreciate that, uh, I've only been going here like a couple weeks, it's kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, interesting, but, uh, I, I do appreciate it, it's just, um, you know, I don't really know you like that, but, you know, it, it's okay, it's alright, uh, so, yeah, what, what do what do you like to do on the weekends, Honey, get your keys, and when I say go, run as fast as you can, I want you to go get the kids, and I want us to run as fast as we can, fast as we can, go! Hi, I'm Micah, and this is the Donut Box Podcast. Man, have you ever been in one of those situations where you actually do want to just grab the keys and run away from somebody? Oh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm just saying, Jesus wasn't down here saying thee and thou, all I'm saying Anyways, welcome to the show, we appreciate you for listening Man, we got folks from all over the place, Trash Can International if you want to call it that Or Donut Box International, man, where do we got some of these fans from? Stateside, Virginia's been huge. Of course, we got Georgia, which man, foreshadowing. Just remember, foreshadowing. Georgia's gonna come up again at some point. Uh, and then we got Florida. We got all the way up in the Northeast, all the all the Northeast states, Massachusetts. um I'll tell you what, man. I tell you what, the middle of the country is pretty great as well. You know, Kansas, Iowa, even uh, the Ohio Valley region's really great. And we can't forget the West Coast, down in uh, down in California and Oregon, Washington, Nevada. Hey, we even got our home state of Texas. We had to save the best for last there, so we appreciate it, guys. Yeah, it's going to be great, and so, uh, man, it's hard to believe we're already at September of this, uh, this year, and this year's, is... anyways, we won't even talk about that, we're just going to move on to our first segment, which is the Old Fashioned donuts. So Chris, today, a story from our past is going to go uh, to a very interesting time, wouldn't you say? Uh, how old were you whenever this happened? Now, when Chris says recruited, it's more like, hey, guys, we're going to go do this. And it's like, you ask no questions, you get on board because you know there's going to be like food or some sort of payment at the end of it. Most of the time it was food and I was good with that. Think about like a live soundtrack. Yeah, we loved loved hanging out with them, and uh, it was a whole bunch of local Christian rappers, and uh, how I got involved with it was, I believe Chris called me up, and this is how most of these ventures started, but I believe Chris called me up and was like, hey man, we need a camera guy. Okay, cool, we didn't wear, and you know, at the time, uh, I believe you had the car no, 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 you didn't have your car yet, because I remember uh, your mom took us there and back. Because the only reason I remember that is because that cop followed her for a while. If you remember. It was a sketchy cop. I digress. Man, I wish we still had that tape. That's what I really wish because I, you know, that 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 was gold. Because uh, yeah, that's what happened. So this particular musician, he was he was sitting at a piano, right? Because uh, that song "Holy Ghost Girl," he would like sit at the piano and play it. And yeah, it was like they gave him a full on shout out, and he even changed the lyric. He was like, "Christopher's waiting for his Holy Ghost girl," and it was just like. He pointed up there and everything, and there was Chris doing his thing. It was funny. And, uh, listen, everybody, everybody loved him for being the goofy white boy. I'll tell you that much. so uh, so I filmed this thing twice out of the three productions. so one I was actually in the crowd, two I filmed one uh so the one that I was in the crowd, I'll just start there uh when you when you had the whole scene with the gun and everything, <laughs> everybody in the front row started or the first two rows started laughing at you. But the other hard part was, and what we're, we're not saying too, is the facilities weren't exactly great. Everybody was mic'd up. But for whatever reason, the uh, the speakers, I guess it was the speakers or the connections to the speakers, were not very good. So nobody could hear really well. So unless you were on the first couple, three, four rows, like the sound quality just wasn't very good. And so you'd pick up bits and pieces. And so... Uh, but I, you know, he pulls out this gun and, you know, he's supposed to be having this real dramatic scene. And I just remember the first three rows just laughing. And at this point, I had already seen the play once. So it was like, wow, I can't believe people are laughing at this. Um, the first time, and that was the time that, um, we filmed and, like, got a good film of it. Um, yeah, you did go hard. I'll tell you that much. Like, it was very serious. Like, he uh, he was shaking. He had his hands shaking. And, and I'm going to go back to one other thing that you said, too. He was, uh, when he said he injected some funny moments in there, I don't know which ones were ad-libbed or not, but there was, like, a dance scene, and it was, like, you got to think, this was, like, 2000s, trying to be like Tyler Perry, so there was, like, a song and dance scene where somebody's singing and you know everybody's kind of dancing and then here comes chris doing his little nerdy thing and like i'm telling you all the people up in there were cackling like a like it was it was the most laughs it was just like i don't know it was definitely that comedic relief character for sure like i don't know if that moment was ad lib but that's that's one that i do remember Well, in to to finalize what I saw, my in the third time we couldn't even keep the third taping. Like I said, the second time we didn't we didn't film the second time. I don't remember why we didn't film the second time. I feel like it was like a day. Was it in the daytime and it kind of was like low crowd, so they didn't care. I don't remember. Some for some reason we didn't we didn't film on the second go around. But the third time we tried to get a filming as like a backup, but we just had to throw the thing out because the sound quality was so terrible. Um it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy. I just remember it was in a gymnasium and uh the location was in a gymnasium and I never knew that churches had like a basketball facility gymnasium. It was I'm not going to lie to you, it was kind of weird because the setups that they had I just remember there was kind of like this stage with like a chair where it was sitting and you could tell that's where like the pastor sat and like watched the basketball team. It was kind of like a throne looking thing. It was interesting. You remember that? It was uh, it was comedy gold to go back and watch it now. Um, just to see what that... Oh, absolutely. And what that era was supposed to be. I mean, I can understand. Uh, again, we're talking about all the Tyler Perry stuff. Um, like A Diary of a Mad Black Woman was around that time. A lot of those Medea movies were coming out during that time. And I'm telling you, this, uh, this playwright was doing the Christian approach or was saying he was doing the Christian approach and really um, I don't know was trying to go that direction with it kind of the more Tyler Perry direction with it but yeah PG thirteen to R rated stuff, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a pretty crazy time. Like I said, I was getting paid in food. I think one time we went to the Golden Corral. <laughs> I think is how I got paid from that deal. So that's always how it went but it was uh, it was good times uh, hanging out with the with the folks there getting to know a lot of the local rappers and stuff like that it was pretty fun um, all right man but yeah I'm ready to move on if you are okay so we're actually gonna do something a little different than the jail report this is going to be the stories of crazy prison escapes. kind of and yeah i'm gonna stay away from the the big you know well-known ones like alcatraz and stuff like that um or even el chapo stuff like that so there was a man this very first one here there was a man uh named leonard moss have you heard of him so he was 16 years old and he was in it was 1968 and he was in Pittsburgh, and he uh, joined riots in the wake of uh, Martin Luther King's assassination. So, he was in the streets. He threw a Molotov cocktail, which, you know what a Molotov cocktail is? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, well, I'm not going to explain how it's done. But pretty much, you you know, throw it and kaboom, catch things on fire. So, he threw a Molotov cocktail at a home and uh, killed... This lady who died of pneumonia because she, because of her burns, which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently she died from pneumonia caused by her burns a few months later. So this guy was charged with first degree murder. So he goes to prison. So what ends up happening, um, he decided to take matters into his whole hands or in his own hands, and literally there was this whole court battle back and forth, um, Because it was her injuries, not exactly him. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. They denied it, so uh, pretty much he's stuck, right? And so what ended up happening, and how he escaped, was really simple. He got a permit to attend his grandmother's funeral, and he vanished. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts, um... And apparently, back then there was a lot more leniency with stuff like that. But uh, so, in seventy nineteen in nineteen seventy one, this person attended uh, the service, and he was escorted by two police officers. But somehow managed to elude them and escape. And so, they you know filed a warrant and everything like that. Um, so the FBI had been looking for him for years, five decades to be exact, and they just found him in twenty twenty actually. So, the FBI had been aware that they were that this guy was probably living under a few different aliases, things like that. But they found out that he was going under the name of Paul Dixon, uh, and he was working in Michigan as a pharmacist. And he was actually arrested in Michigan for stealing adhydrocodon pills. And when they matched his fingerprints, they realized he was the same person. And so, he was arrested and booked once again. But that was in 2020, so, you know, more... Th- uh doesn't say but long he has to be pretty old I mean he has to be a lot ways away because let's see when he so he was 16 and 68 so 1952 was when he was born so 1952 to 2020 so. So, yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, dang, he worked his way up to being a pharmacist. Dang. All right. Next one. This person is still at large. So, there was uh, a guy named Lester Eubanks, um, and he. ...used his furlough to vanish, except, you know, this guy's crimes were very, very, very different... Um, ...as far as um, really violent murders, primarily to white females. And so, basically, but they were mostly random killings, like there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. Um, so, pretty much what happened was uh, this guy gets convicted of first-degree murder... And so, he spent seven years in prison. And apparently, at the time in Ohio, they would grant prisoners holiday season furlough to shop for loved ones. Which I've never heard of that, have you? For murderers. <laughs> for murderers, man. That's crazy. So, <laughs> what ended up happening is um, he goes to shop at Ohio's shopping center great southern shopping center i'm assuming it's a mall um in 1973 and then he disappeared into the night and so no 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 what's that oh yeah 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 okay yeah. Maybe. Because they're like, we're not going to let them out anymore. Let's <laughs> let's change that up a little bit. Because I'm sure a lot of people... I mean, it's probably not hard to book it out of there, you know, if you're in a mall. Um, anyways, so... Here's the weird part. The Ohio Department of Corrections listed him as a fugitive immediately, right? However, federal authorities only began the search for him in the late 90s. So you got to think. He escaped in 1970, what did it say, 73. And they just... Something's up with that, right? Pretty much. And so essentially what happened is, uh, it's been moved all the way. It's been moved around different federal agencies. Now it's with the U.S. Marshal's office as of 2016. And, um, the latest that they think is, um, that he's going by the alias of Victor Young somewhere in the Los Angeles area. Um, but he's had many jobs in his past, like hospital janitor, waterbed factory employee, all sorts of stuff. So, um yeah, he's he's managed to stay away from police since 1973 and uh, they think he's still out there somewhere hiding in plain sight. You would think in the in the digital age and everything else it would be you know be it's probably really easy to get caught, but that's it's crazy that some people aren't. All right, so the next one this one is a little interesting. So there's a guy named Richard Lee McNair, uh, and he was not your traditional prison escape artist. He had these really unorthodox methods to try to get himself out of jail. And pretty much what happened, he was um, raised by a police officer as a child, and so he knew a lot of the ins and outs when it comes to, you know, um, what goes on police-wise, jail-wise. So... He tried to use this savvy to gain entry to the storage facility in North Dakota. And two guys startled him and basically he shot them and they both died. So um, McNair was convicted in first degree murder and attempted murder because one of the guys did not die. So what happens... He gets two life sentences for this. And for the burglary charge he gets 30 years. So obviously he ain't getting out right. (laughs) At least not in his lifetime. Looks like. Um, And so. He gets sent to the North Dakota State Penitentiary. Which he managed to escape. Through a ventilation pipe. In 1992. And. They did not capture him for another year. Until 1993. And they found him. All the way in Louisiana, so they took him back. So, next, what happens? They move him over to Louisiana and he escapes prison again. And this is at the federal prison in uh, Pollock, Louisiana, or Pollock, Louisiana. And then, um, pretty much what he did, and you gotta think this is a federal prison, right? This isn't a state prison. So, he built a makeshift compartment complete with a breathing tube to fit himself inside of a mailbag pile and was taken out by a forklift uh, to a facility outside of the prison where then he busted out of the bag and escaped. So, here's the thing though he did that in the middle of the summertime with it being 113 degrees outside or the heat index of 113 degrees. Um, and so he gets all of that done, he gets out, and he goes all the way to, um, well, he, I'm sorry, he waited for the warehouse staff to leave for lunch, then that's when he bolted. Uh, went down to the r- nearby railroad tracks, and, uh, then that's where he was caught once again, not too far away, but, yeah, by mailbags, but apparently he made a whole makeshift deal with breathing straw and everything like that but that landed him in the Colorado Supermax prison you know the the one with all the crazy folks (laughs) yes he did about John McCain yes he did All right. All I'm saying is um it's you know, you can't lock somebody up and say you have no chance of getting out of here and some people are just like bet me. We'll see what happens. Um uh, All right, here's the last one here. Guy named Alexander Slonik Yes, he's Soviet or is from Soviet Russia. So, A former policeman, he was an excellent marksman and really proficient in martial arts. So, he wasn't in the Soviet Special Forces, but he became a contract killer for the Russian mob. So, that landed him in prison for, of course, being Hitman. Um, They called him the Russian Jackal, or Alexander the Great. (laughs) And so apparently he was paid, you know, thousands to kill, and he was really good at not disclosing the identity of the clients, all this other good jazz. So apparently um, he mastered a job assassinating high-ranking NATO officials for the USSR during the Cold War, and did a whole bunch of geopolitical politics stuff like that. However, um, he gets arrested for doing some other. Um, unsavory things. And then um, also beating on a female, apparently was tacked on to the charge. Um, And so he gets put in jail. But, you really going to trust this guy to stay in jail? I mean, you hear all the rest of his credentials here. So, even before he was sentenced, he jumped out of the second story courtroom window and fled to Siberia. And then that's where they found him again. (laughs) In Siberia. So he was arrested out of Sabwan Trying to uh, get cosmetic surgery... Actually. And then he was in prison for two years... And then he escaped to the, to the facility's ventilation system in the 90s. Uh, and then he was... Once he got out, he was employed by the Russian mob... As a hitman. And then he was uh, uh, imprisoned once again. And um, because he got wounded in a, in a shootout in 1995... So then he gets arrested again. And basically then the mob bribes him to get him out. So he gets out once again. I know, in, out, in, out, in, out. Um, So, and then finally the story goes like this. Um, He gets back into prison. And they were able to organize, um, of course, paying off some guards organizing some rope climbing gears guns things like that and they left the dummy in the bed the classic maneuver they scale the wall they get out they they leave this time he vanishes without a trace and ever since 1997 nobody knows what ever happened to him he's like he's like i'm not going to jail (laughs) you're only gonna keep me here crazy escape stories it's it's insane that some of these people um got out but i will say this listening to a lot of escape stories um it's a lot of work what it sounds like a lot of the time it's a lot of work and most people get captured within a week so it's like you know you work for years and years and years and next thing you know it's like you're you're only out for a few days or a week or so and it's you're going right back So, we always like to do quizzes. And, of course, I'm not going to run perfection here. This one's an interesting one, though. And remember how I said foreshadowing about Georgia. Shout out to our listeners in Georgia. Christopher was... No, no, no. No, no, no. It's different. It's different. So, it is testing some knowledge about Georgia, but not in the way that you're thinking. This is... A this or that quiz so there's only two options and the this or the that is, is is it Georgia the country or Georgia the state that I'm talking about so for those of you who don't know there's a very small country uh, in Europe called Georgia and then there's also the state in the United States called Georgia so are you ready and uh, Chris happens to be from the state so he knows a lot of the history but there's some easy ones in here and then there's some that are like ooh we'll see if Chris knows <laughs> All right, so number one is pretty easy. Atlanta is the capital city. Is it the country of Georgia or the state of Georgia? Yeah, you're right. Okay, the next one. This place has hosted the Olympics. Is it the country of Georgia or the state of Georgia? Yes, it is. All right. Most of the populations are Christians in orthodox fashion. That <laughs> Absolutely. Here's another easy one. Um Batumi is the second largest city is it the country or the state? Which hopefully all of our Georgia folks are good because they, uh, you know, being hit by that tropical storm hurricane. So hopefully y'all are doing good down. All right. So the next one, this one's going to be one that you're like, ooh, I don't know. Um, This country or I'm sorry, this place has a GDP per capita over 70,000. Is it the state or the country? actually it's the state i kind of screwed you up there so apparently the state of georgia has about is about 10 times richer per capita than the country of georgia yeah this place is the birthplace of one of history's greatest tyrants Yes. Yep. And bonus points, you don't have to know this, but do you know who was born in the country of Georgia who was a tyrant? No. But it was Joseph Stalin. Yeah, so apparently Stalin was born in the uh, country of Georgia. No, it wasn't Jimmy Carter. Uh, anyways. Um, to, to my next question, um, this place grows a lot of peanuts, state of Georgia and alluding to the Jimmy Carter thing. Here's another interesting one. Uh, this, either the country or the state has an average elevation of 4,698 feet. Is it the state or the country of Georgia? Actually, it's the country of Georgia. The country of Georgia is located in the Caucasus Mountains. It, it reminds me of that Cat Williams bit where he's in jail. Anyways, um, so this place has a population of about 3.7 million. It's actually the country of Georgia. The state of Georgia has 10.7 million. All right. <laughs> well, maybe it was bad for me to ask this question, but I thought or this quiz, but I thought it was kind of cool that it was like Georgia or Georgia, like which one was it? Um, all right. This one has five crosses on its flag. Yeah, you're right on that one. Alright, this place was named after a king. Yeah. Yeah, which King George was it? It was actually the second. He was a type. Anyways, um, alright, the next one. This place's population has decreased since 1990. Yeah, the country of Georgia's declined. Alright, this place generates 80% of its electricity from hydroelectric power. Eh, it's the country of Georgia. Man, you gotta think, SRS and all that, well, wasn't that on South Carolina side, actually? But it powered, I know it powered Augusta, for sure. But I thought that was nuclear power, that wasn't hydropower. Alright, on a map This place has a greater width than height Is it the country or the state? Yeah, you're right I probably shouldn't even ask this one But which place has the world's busiest airport? Yeah, with Atlanta Atlanta and then, which place has uh, is the birthplace of two Nobel Peace Prize winners? And do you know who the other one was? Yeah, old Jimbo. Alright, a couple more. Um, this place was established in the year 1733. Yeah, and the last one was this country... Ah, uh, well, never mind. Alright, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I already answered it for you, but uh, the question was going to be, which place has a long tradition of wine growing, and uh, yeah, it ain't, yeah. Alright, so yeah, you know, you know the difference between the country and the state very well, even though you try to block those memories out. Sorry to bring those memories back to the forefront, but hey, that's what best friends do. What what can I say? What are friends for besides bringing back repressed traumas and putting them in your face? All right. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. So, are we ready to move into our uh, speaking of anger? Are we ready to move into our next segment? And and that is what fries my donuts, and Chris, what fries your donuts? Oh, preach. Oh, yes, preach, sir. Yes, sir. Anyways. It's like, what what farcical world are you living in? Now, I get what you're saying. Especially about, you know, like the, the secrets of Playboy stuff. Come on. There's an expectation. And you know what that expectation is going to be going in. A lot of the times, too. You know, we live in the, the here and the now days where it's like, Oh, that wasn't in writing, so I wasn't expecting it. No, no, no. Everybody can read between the lines of what was going on. And you know what was going to happen. I mean, it's just... That is the way that it is. I I don't know, and there there's so many situations like that where people get so mad, and it's like I don't understand what you thought you signed up for. I you know just because it wasn't in the brochure, yeah, they ain't gonna directly advertise that, but that that's what it is. You you should know that. Yeah. Now, one more thing. You know, my thing is, li- there's a difference between life ain't fair and putting yourself in a stupid position to where, you know, you got messed up. Or, you know, something something happened and it didn't turn out the way you thought it was supposed to in a negative way. You know, I mean, sometimes life ain't fair. You can do all the right things and it just doesn't happen for you, right? But I, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of actions you could take to try to minimize those things from happening. And I feel like a lot of people are real haphazard with stuff, man. Um, You know, people don't think things through a lot. (laughs) I think this is a big problem. Oh, I'm about to I'm about to preach, brother Chris. You know what I'm about to say right now? So, yeah, the devil's attacking. I've heard that. I've heard that all the time. But you know what else I've heard? I've heard Paul say, "I die daily." Right? I bury myself daily. And that's the thing. Is you got to bury yourself daily. And so uh and that's what he's talking about and what what I'm talking about in this particular term. Is you know, you got to really true human nature will screw you up. <laughs> you know, a lot of times you can shoot yourself in the foot. It ain't really the devil; it's you being stupid. I mean, you can blame it on whatever you want, but there there is a difference. You know, if you don't put yourself in check, you'll do stupid stuff. I mean, it. You're. I mean, we're all bound to do stupid stuff because we we make mistakes. But if you don't choose to learn from the previous mistakes and you just Want to point a finger and be like, oh, it was the devil's fault. It was the devil's fault. It's like, nah, man, you were dumb. And you were caught slipping. Yeah, that's my favorite game. Like, I love Fortunately, unfortunately. Um getting a new cable service. Or, or getting your internet set up. Yeah, getting your internet getting your internet set up. There you go. Yeah, I can go first. Alrighty fortunately this internet was a good price and it's going to give me good internet speeds fortunately i just got a raise at work so that price hike is not going to affect me very much fortunately i can just use their internet to look up other internet service providers that could be cheaper and a better alternative (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Optimum is not a very good company. Anyways, um, fortunately, dang, you got me on that one. You got me on the Optimum stuff. (laughs) You aren't connected, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Does anybody have a... Do you need a library card to go to the library? Or can you just pop in there? I got you. I'm sure there's some a lot of people that's like, library card, what you talking about? Anyways, um, all right, I'm ready. Unfortunately... I'm going to be reading a funny book and cackling out loud. Unfortunately, I don't care, and I'll just keep coming back. Unfortunately, my mother is the solicitor for all the libraries in the area, and can keep getting me reinstated. I said unfortunately. <laughs> I really want to know where you were going to go with that. <laughs> All right. All right. You, you got me on that one. Let's do one more. Okay, I'll start. Fortunately, I have a lot of qualifications, so this should be easy. Fortunately, I get to take a few days of PTL. Fortunately, I can take the day off any time I want because I know I'm going to lose my job anyway. (laughs) Fortunately, I'm going to go into work and I'm not going to be disgruntled and I'm going to do my job. Fortunately, I have a good therapist that works through stuff with me Fortunately, it wasn't because of B. It was because of another one of her clients (laughs) Fortunately, I don't tell myself that so I can sleep at night and it works Fortunately, you're right, but I'm just going to get another therapist. Fortunately, back to my job stance, I may be getting a promotion thanks to the hard work I've been doing. Fortunately, I've been working Uber Eats on the side, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Fortunately, dang, all right, (laughs) you got me all three times on that. In the words of Yo Gotti, if a bee gonna be a bee, I'ma let it be. Anyways, um, so my eclair is to try new things, even if it's outside your comfort zone. And I'm talking about big things. Man, if it's worth doing, it's gonna be a little scary, right? I think that's the biggest thing that holds everybody back, is that fact that it's like, man... And that's where the millions of what-ifs come into your mind. What if I don't have the money to quit my job and start my own company, You know, what if I don't have um, the right funds to go and, you know, do this or that? What if I'm not prepared for a new role or a new setting or a new city or, you know, stuff like that? Everybody says, what if, what if? And before you know it, you got about 50 what ifs that you're not even really sure about. But you're sitting here going, ooh, you know, there's a lot of risk. And, you know, a lot of times there is. But you also have to remember a lot of times in life that if you don't try something you're going to regret it forever you know you'll sit back and you always go what if you know i would have tried that i don't even remember you won't even remember the reasons that you didn't try it right you won't even remember the reasons that it didn't happen you'll go man there was some reason that i didn't do it but i don't even remember why so you might as well just pull the trigger on it and you know young old age doesn't really matter try something man you know it's it's one thing to go through life and just go through the motions, but you can always give a chance to improve or try new things or try to excel at something. So, go ahead and uh, go ahead and try it, man. One eight. Yeah, so I actually have some interesting things for our um, our listenership that has come from the aviation community here in a few weeks. Something else I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking a flight on a one of one. Like when I say one of one, it's the only remaining um, passenger version of this plane. It's called a it's called a Fairchild Metro. Metroliner. And uh, I'm going to fly the last one that is a passenger plane in the world. And wouldn't you know it, I'm going to film it. We're going to put it on TV Trash Can with Trash Can Travel. So it's going to be on YouTube. So look out for that as well. It's going to be mid-September. So by the time we do all the editing and all that good jazz, probably 1st of October or something like that. But that'll be a pretty cool one. Because something else that's interesting about it, it's flying to the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. So... State, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I'll go visit with some listeners in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. Yeah, right. Listen, I'll just have a warm welcome. The red carpet, they'll go, Welcome Micah from TV Trash Can or Trash Can TV. All right, man. But yeah, so TV trash all of our socials. Go uh, like, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. Of course, there's YouTube, all that good jazz. But yeah, man, it's been a fun episode. I think we about wrapped up. What you think? All right, man. Well, I'm Micah. And this has been the Donut Box Podcast.